My sermon text for today is from the Acts lesson. Here now once more, uh, reading from the book of Acts, chapter 16. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful... To the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. So I just spent two days this past week in Chicago. It's the second time I visited the Windy City, and both times it's left an indelible impression on me. Now, I really like Chicago. I think it is a fun town with great cultural opportunities, fantastic architecture, and to be very clear, the second best baseball stadium in America. And really, those, the scoreboards they put in are awful. It, like, the way it feels, it feels like, if you ever seen the movie Field of Dreams, it feels like the real-life Field of Dreams. I wish they'd get rid of those gaudy scoreboards. But as I walk around Chicago, craning my neck to see these beautiful buildings, I get this weird sense of, I don't know, I tried to think of a word last night, I still can't think of a word, maybe imposition. Like the city is trying to consume me. Baltimore, even on a beautiful day like today, uh, Baltimore has always felt like one giant backyard. I can walk anywhere from South Charles to Northern Parkway and be at home. New York can be overwhelming, but it's just never felt that way to me. It's, it's always seemed like that dog with too much bark and not enough bite. Once it gets used to you, kind of a, a comfort level develops. That's New York. Philadelphia is a city that always has to remind you of how insecure it is about itself. No offense to him. Chicago is different. Chicago lures you in and it draws your will, but it never really makes you feel like you're welcome. Here are your architectural marvels. Here's Wrigley Field. Drink some beer, have some deep dish pizza, and then catch your flight out of Midway. Go Bears. That's always the impression I get. Now, I love the city, but I'm not sure the city loves me. And many of you know um, that I relate to the world in Frank Sinatra's songs. And I love my kind of town. It's, it's a great song. But it's interesting that I only seem to enjoy it after I leave Chicago. Now, I've never felt unwelcome in a church building. But then again, why would I? I've been going to church all my life. I'm a pastor I know how to speak the language of church folk, as they say. I know the order of worship, not just for my own tradition, but for many others. The church has never told me that the clothes that I wear, or the gender that I am, or the person that I love, make me sinful. And maybe that's the problem. There are too many places where some folks feel welcome, 
and others do not. And that goes doubly so for churches, which in theory should be the most welcoming places in the world. And yet how many of you have stories and have shared stories with me about times when you or someone you knew or loved did not feel welcome in a church? It's all too familiar. It's all too heartbreaking for those that believe in the central message of the love of Jesus. Now many think the church grew because it had good evangelists who spread the word, as well as people who were willing to die for the cause so they could get on the fast track to heaven. In reality, while the church did have good evangelists and plenty of people did die for the cause, along with plenty of other non-Christians under Rome's persecutions, the church really grew because it had the best possible message. God is readily accessible to you. You don't need to have wealth or power or be from a great family. Heck, you could be an orphan or a widow or a slave. But through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has made God's self available to you. And there's nothing you need to worry about. In baptism, your sins are washed away and you are made new. It's, it's all the work of God. There's nothing we can do to earn it. How great is that? It's a message that almost sells itself. Paul thought this was a really great message. The gospel is what made him to be the world's foremost evangelist. And while I would still argue that people were swayed not by Paul's rhetorical skills, which are frankly boring and self-centered, but God's message, working through the messenger Paul, that's what made him who he was. Paul had the best thing going for him, and you can see that in the encounter in Acts today. Here he is on his way to Macedonia because of a vision. He's going to continue his purpose of spreading the gospel, and he does such a good job that God opens the hearts of those listening to hear him and be baptized. I mean, that sounds great. But it's Lydia who becomes the star of the story. We might think Paul is awesome because he is the messenger, but Lydia, the one who receives the message, shows that she really gets this Jesus thing by welcoming Paul and his tired party into her house. She decides that because of what has happened to her, receiving the transformative power of the Spirit in baptism, she will return faith, hope, and God's love to Paul. And that is how the church grew. I really like what Pastor Marianne McKibben Dana has to say about Lydia. These are her words. Lydia shows us how to talk about Christianity's advent in Europe without descending into triumphalism. Note her response to Paul. She invites him to stay in her home. The first act of discipleship of a Christian convert on the European continent is not proselytizing, and it's certainly not a crusade or an inquisition. It's hospitality, the giving of oneself. Lydia opens her home and her heart, which is the ultimate act of vulnerability. We got it right sometimes, and we got it wrong a lot of times. Through it all, we, the church, are called to, and capable of, an obedience born of open-hearted hospitality. Lydia, our foremother, shows us the way. Now, I have to share that part of what inspired me to write this sermon 
is that I think Salem is by and large on the right track. Yesterday, we took a big risk in putting our urban garden outside. This is done so that our neighbors can see our work and partake of what we have harvested. Now, I must confess my nervousness. I'm worried about vandalism. Certainly, we have all heard stories about drunk people rolling through our neighborhoods and doing all kinds of stupid stuff. But at the same time, there has to be a leap of faith in anything we do, right? How hospitable is it that we are literally asking our neighbors to take food off of our property and good, healthy food at that? And how great was it that so many of us braved the weather last week, not as bad as this, but still not really the most pleasant of mornings, to stand at the yard sale and show Riverside and South Baltimore what we are really about at our table. It was a blessing to have all of our wonderful, wonderful folks there wearing their shirts and scattering the seed of ministry. And to do our Lutheran World Relief kit making today, but opening it up to the public. Salem is learning that lesson that God taught through Lydia. The only way for the church to grow and the only way for God to be glorified is to be invitational, to be hospitable, to be inclusive and not exclusive. It is only then when we approach our ministry with a come and see view and not a join or die view that God will be glorified and we will celebrate as the messengers because the message gets through. I do not know if Chicago is the most hospitable city in the world, but I do know that God calls us to be a church of hospitality and welcoming. Jesus Christ's death and resurrection invites you to participate in the glory of God. And our call as his disciples is to spread that message to every corner of the earth in ways expected and unexpected. Thanks be to God. Amen.